Come on, give the band a big hand. Now give the Lord a hand because you love him. And you know victory is yours in Jesus' name. And you're overcomers through the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Because he is the giant killer. He is the mountain mover. He is the water walker. He is the bride. He is the bridge. He is the chief cornerstone. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright in the morning star. He's the door. He's everything you need. He's hope. He's faith. He's life everlasting. Come on, give him praise. Bless his name. Oh, hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We praise your name. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I wish I could get somebody to help me praise him today. The Presbyterian church is down the road. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We praise your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're holy. You're awesome. You're Lord of the universe. You're the King of kings. You're the bride and the morning star. You're the great I am. You're the one which was and is and is to come. There's nobody like you, Lord. You're everything. You're amazing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise your name. We bless your name. We glorify your name. You're awesome. You're holy. You're powerful. You're omnipresent. You're omnipotent. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. You're the healer. You're the wonder worker. You're the water walker. You're the mountain mover. You're the giant killer. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We praise your name. We bless your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We'll turn to somebody now and tell them you are in the right place. Today, you are in the right place today. You could have stayed home and stayed in bed. It's going to be 80 today. It's sunny. You could have gone to the lake, but you're here. Of all the places you could have gone or been or stayed, you're here. So you're in the right place at the appointed time. And I believe God has a message for you today through me. This message is a message of instruction and exhortation to help get you where you are going. You wouldn't be here if you weren't supposed to be here. We face a lot of things in life. A lot of emotions, a lot of battles, a lot of storms, a lot of disappointments. We have good times. We have victories. We overcome. But we have challenges. We have frustrations. Anybody had a frustration this week? Just want to see if I'm in the right place. We're almost halfway through the year. Just another 40 days or so. We'll be halfway through 2023. How's it going for you so far? How's it going for you so far? That was, I don't know what kind of response that was, but I, I didn't hear nothing. 
Well, if it's, if it's not going too well, maybe you need to go back and do your first works over. Maybe you need to go back to the altar. Maybe you need to get back on your knees. Maybe you need to write your visions down if you didn't write them in the first of the year. Are you awake? Are you alive? Do you have the victory? Do you love Jesus? Are you ready to take over? Well, I was just checking because it seemed like most of you were asleep there for just a minute. It's good to see all of you here. It's good to have all of our guests today. Thank you for being with us. First time guests, return guests. Thank you for being here. It's good to have Dr. Shirley's sister with us, Linda from Texas. Glad that you're here today. It's good to have Dr. Ratch back in service with us again today. And I'm glad you're here and I'm glad to be here. So I want to talk to you a few minutes today about pushing back because some folks don't know how to push back you're so nice and kind and mild and gentle and when folks push against you you just turn the other cheek and you just lay back and all those things and sometimes that's okay but where we are where we are and where we are going you need to learn how to stiffen your back a little bit you need to learn to set your face like a flint like a stone just a little bit you need to get some backbone and look the devil in the eye and say back up because he ain't playing and we cannot play church anymore for those of you that have been playing church, look at your neighbor and say, quit playing. Oh, come on, tell them like you mean it. Quit playing. Matter of fact, get your finger up and just kind of point at them a little bit and say, quit playing. I don't know why you're always wanting to play. Just go through the motions and just get by. It, 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 we are past the season of getting by. We are past the season of just surviving. We are past the time of I hope so, maybe one day, sooner or later. We're past that. The war is raging. Need I remind you that on March the 15th, 2020, the world was shut down? I mean, who has the power and authority to shut down the world? I've been blessed to go around the world. I've, I've met with kings and presidents. I've met with dignitaries and politicians. I've met many CEOs of companies and corporations around this country and even around the world. And some of them have bulldog tenacity. I mean, if I, if I just think about President Nkurunziza that was President Burundi, a warrior who was forced into the bush as a, as a professor at his university. But in 93, when there was a war between the Zulus and the, Tut uh, uh, the Tutsis in Rwanda, and some three million were murdered in 90 days. Hutus killing Tutsis. 
Well, in Rwanda, a neighboring country, it was the other way around. Tutsis killing Hutus. It was reversed. And President Nkurunziza came out of the university one day, a professor, an educator. And they, when he got into his car, they turned his car over, set it on fire. Somehow he was able to crawl out and get away from the crowd. And he went to the bush. And he formed a Freedom Fighter Coalition Army. Came back. He pushed back. Yeah, he pushed back. And he formed a coalition army. And he came back. And he took over and became president of Burundi. I've been in his home. Matter of fact, when he had his one-year anniversary of being president, guess who he called to come preach the crusade to the nation that the government paid the bill for? And I preached a million people in the, in the field, in the crusade, that the government paid the bill. He was a warrior. I'm trying to tell you, he was a warrior. But in 2020, March 15th, him... And some 200 presidents like him around the world and several tens of thousands of CEOs of corporations around the world said, oh, you want us to shut down our nation? You want us to shut down our company? You want us to shut down our factory? Okay. With seemingly no pushback. Who has the power to do that? Who has the authority to do that? It has to be driven by a force that we cannot see. It has to be the prince and the power of the air. It has to be Lucifer, Satan himself, that drove people to do that, manipulated and controlled until we said, okay, okay, I, I got to stay in my house, okay, I can't go outside, okay, I can't have my family over for dinner, okay, oh, I got to take a vaccine, okay, which arm, okay. Let me tell you something. If you want to take a vaccine, it ought to be your choice. Nobody should tell you you've got to do it. If somebody says, if you want to have family at your house or you don't want to have them at your house, that ought to be your choice. There shouldn't be a government. There shouldn't be a nation. There shouldn't be any kind of military telling you you can't have your mama to your house or you can't go to their house and have dinner. I want to know where is the pushback? Don't get quiet on me now. Don't, don't get quiet on me. I, I might just preach. I, I need to tell you that where we are going, we have to have some pushback. Where we are going, we cannot roll over and play dead. Where we are going, we cannot quit. As a matter of fact, the time for retreating is over. Don't get mad at me, but I need to tell you, the time for retreating is over. I know in the past I've said, well, maybe we need to, to back up to advance. And sometimes that's the case. But we are to the point in the earth that we cannot back up. We cannot retreat. We need to be ready. We need to be on our P's and Q's. We need to be poised. We need to be equipped. We need to be anointed to push back. I do have some scripture to drop in your spirit lest you think I don't preach a biblical message. I'm going to start off by telling you whether you realize it or not, whether you think so or not, no matter how nice and kind and mild you are and genteel you are, you have an enemy. You have an enemy. His name is the devil. His name is Satan. His name is Lucifer. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he tells us, Be sober and be vigilant. 
Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour you. He wants to seek and destroy and devour everything. Don't miss this. Everything that is precious to you. He wants to take your health. He wants you to be sick, to give up, to die. Push back. He wants to take your children. He wants to drive them out to some distraction. He wants them on drugs and alcohol and, paint and, tra- and chasing some kind of perverted lifestyle. He wants them to become trans. You need to push back. He wants to take your babies. He wants to take your kids. He wants to confuse their identity. Let me tell you something. There's only two, male or female. He made them male and female. Come on, somebody. And it's very easy to determine which one's a male and which one's a female. It's very simple. If you have questions, see me after, and I'll tell you how you know. He said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He wants to take your money. He wants to take your finances. He wants to take your car. He wants to take your house. He wants to take your savings. He wants to take your job. You ain't saying nothing. He wants to take your resources, your land. He wants to take what your daddy left and what your granddaddy left to you. He wants to take all of that. Seeking whom you may devour. And and note, the Bible said, when this is happening, when this enemy's coming, seeking whom you may devour. He said, for you to be sober and to be vigilant. Evidently, you're going to have a better chance of pushing back and do a better job of pushing back if you're sober. And if you're vigilant. Well, I only took just a little bit. Well, how much does it take not to be sober? A thimbleful? Oh, it got quiet then. I'm telling you, it's time to stop playing. It's time to stop going through the motion. It's time to stop getting drunk on Friday and Saturday night and stop drinking and smoking on Friday and Saturday night and stop taking your reefers on Friday and Saturday night and then coming to church on Sunday morning and praising the Lord. Blessing and cursing cannot come out of the same mouth. It's time to push back, push back, push back. Look at your neighbor and say, push back. You have an enemy. Whether you believe it or not, he's after you. He's after everything you have. You must push back. Don't lay over and play dead. Don't put your head in the sand and think he's not coming after you. He is. He is after you, sir. He is after you, ma'am. If you're a teenager, he's after you. If you're a young adult in college, he's after you. What do you do? Push back. Drive back the force. Drive it back. Drive it back. Drive it back. The force that comes against you. What does it mean to push back? It means you take everything that is within you. You set your face like a flint and you push. So you have an enemy. But here's the good news. You also have a promise. You ought to read Joshua 23 today. Before you go to bed tonight, read Joshua chapter 23. Read the whole chapter. 
Verse 5 says this, the Lord your God himself will push them out. Now, here's what was happening. Joshua, you know the story. He was the one that God used to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And the Lord told him, when you go in, drive them out, push them out. Don't co-marry with them. Don't intermarry with them. Drive them out. I'm giving you the land. It's your land. Drive them out. Push them out. Push back. There may be giants there. When the 12 spies went out, Joshua and Caleb came back and said, this is it. Let's do it. This is the land God is giving us. Ten spies, however, said, oh, no, we can't do it. It's a beautiful land. We'd love to go. It takes two people to carry the cluster of grapes, and we'd love to have it, but there are giants there. They're bigger than us, and we are grasshoppers in their eyes. We're little. We can't do it. You know the story. So they had to wait a while. They had to wait until all the old farts grew up. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. We had to wait till all of them died. 40 years, let them die. And then all the young ones, Joshua and Caleb, and all the young ones went into the promised land. Yeah, they did. And now Joshua is old, chapter 23, verse 5. He is old, and here's what it says. The Lord your God himself... Here's the good news for you. You have a promise. The Lord God himself will push them out for your sake. He will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promise. Bump your neighbor and say, you got a promise. You have a promise. I've got a promise. Come on, tell them like you mean it. I have a promise. I want you to get this in your spirit. You do have an enemy. Satan comes as a roaring lion, not the lion, but as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's after you, but you have a promise, and the promise is this. The Lord himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. Get it in your spirit. I have a promise. I have a promise. I have a promise. I have a promise. Come on, get it in your spirit. Say it with me. I have a promise. I have a promise from God. I have a promise from God himself. I have a promise from God. Do you have it in your spirit? You have a promise. And God's going to push them out. Guess what? God uses people. God wants to use you. So you have a promise. You have an enemy. But with the promise comes directives for what we're supposed to do. This is where it gets fun. Joshua 23, verse 6 through 8, he says, be very strong. What does that mean, pastor? It means quit being a wuss. Quit being a wimp. Quit copping out because it's hard. Quit giving up because it's not like you thought. Quit complaining and whining and grumbling and murmuring because it's hard or it's hot or it's cold or it takes some of your resources. You've got to spend some money. You've got to spend some time in prayer. You've got to do some things that you didn't want to do. Y'all just quit me. Everybody just sat down and quit me right then. I'm going to get down in your face. I'm trying to tell you, we're in a war, we're in a storm, and it's not going to get any easier. It's not going to get easier. So the Lord says to Joshua, be very strong. 
That means you got to be strong in your faith. You got to be strong in your willpower. You got to be strong in your maturity. Bump your neighbor and say, grow up. When somebody tells you you're a baby, they are not complimenting you. Now, if he says you to his wife, if, if he says to you, you're my baby, that's all right. That's a compliment. But if somebody looks at you and says, you a, you a baby, you need to grow up, they are not complimenting you. So he says, be very strong. So grow up. Be strong in your faith. Be strong in your willpower. Be strong in the anointing of the Lord on your life. Be strong in your decision. Be strong in your determination. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Be strong in your tenacity. Be strong in your time with God. Then he said, be careful. Be very careful to obey. What has the Lord told you to do that you haven't done yet? You're waiting for another sign. You're waiting for another dry fleece, another wet fleece. You're, you're waiting for another rainy day. You're waiting for another dry day. You're waiting for, you know, the moon to be purple. You, you, you got all these crazy things. You say, I will do it, God, if you do this. That's not even biblical. Oh, somebody threw that back. I heard what you said. So, well, yeah, yeah it, was, it was in the Bible. Uh-huh, that's where the Holy Ghost was poured out. You got the Holy Ghost now. Amen. The Bible says the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into all truth. So if you have the Holy Ghost, you know. You know what you're supposed to do. You know when he gave you a command. You know when he gave you a directive. You know when he spoke to you and said, do this or do that. And you know you hadn't done it yet. What are you waiting on? You have a directive. Be very strong. Be careful to obey the word of, the God, word of God in your life, the word of the Lord over your life. Be very careful to obey it. Your Bible says to obey is better than so you know the Bible. And then in the same scripture, he said, do not turn to the right or to the left. Some of us are real good at getting distracted. We're on our journey. You know, we're walking. Then we go, oh, oh, oh. And, and we just get drugged around with the bling bling, with whatever attracts us, whatever excites us. Whatever distracts us, we follow that. He said, do not turn to the left or to the right. You have a directive. Be very strong. When you don't know anything else to do, stand. Just stand. I'm trying to tell you today how to push back. First of all, just be very strong. Be very careful to obey. Don't turn to the left. Don't, turn, don't even look to the left or the right. If you look to the left, if you look to the right, then you're getting off focus. Let me help somebody. This is for somebody. This is free. You marry who you date. You marry who you date. If at first glance you wouldn't marry them, don't waste your time or theirs. Hoping you're going to change them. Because you marry who you date. You say, well, I didn't really know them. Uh-huh, just wait. You will know them. You marry who you date. Do not turn to the right or the left. And then he said, do not serve other gods. 
Anything you can't give away is an idol. Let me just sit down on that one a minute so I can part there for a minute. Nothing we have belongs to us except our soul. And he paid the price for that. Everything else we have, it belongs to him. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It all belongs to God. So if he says, give that away, give that house away, give it away. Give that car away, give it away. See, some of y'all, that you, you just you got, you started choking on that. Because you, you struggle to give an extra 10. You struggle to give an extra 20. If God speaks and says give 100, you, you just get all upset. How, how, how can you give away? God wants you to give away a house. He wants you to give away a car. He wants you to give away a truck. He wants you to give away some land. He wants you to give some stuff away because it's just stuff. You can't take it to heaven with you. And the sooner you realize that he puts things in your hands so he can bless you with more. And a portion of everything that comes into your hands is yours to keep unless he said, this is coming to you, give it away. He wants to bless you. He wants to increase you. But so many folks, they're, they're like this. They, they hold on to stuff very tight. And that way, he has trouble getting it out of your hands. And he has trouble putting things in your hands. If you keep your hands open, he can flow. Somebody say flow. He can flow through you. Do not serve other gods. Anything that you can't give away has become an idol. Y'all see how quiet it got? Some of you preachers, y'all want to take it now? Y'all pick it up and take it. And... Yeah. Anything you can't give away. I'd like to move on, but I'm just stuck there. For some reason, I just can't seem to go forward. Anything you can't give away, this is for somebody. Somebody, evidently, God's been speaking to you about giving something. And you just know that's mine. I need to tell you, it's not. Somebody got a car key. Somebody close here for a couple roads. You got a car key. Here's a car key. What is this to? Oh, it's to a BMW. I love BMWs. They are the ultimate driving machine. I love BMW cars. They're good cars. Um, so this is to that car. You know this is the Lord's car. Would you loan it to me for a while? Thank you. I like BMW. Anybody else like BMWs? Anybody else? You like BMWs? Here. There's you one. Now you've got a BMW. See, that's how it works. See, that's how it works right there. That's how it works. Now, I hate to break it to you, but it's not yours. God gave it to you because he needs one. So just pass it down. Just pass it down. Now he's got one. She said she needed one. If you don't mind, just pass it right back here. I guess you might have just been waving or praising the Lord. I don't know, but I felt like the Lord saying you needed a BMW. That's, that's how it works. That's how it works. Because the Bible says the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth and the Lord's. The earth and the fullness thereof is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything in the earth. Belongs to the Lord. What kind of car you got? Oh, he's got a Lexus. 
Nalita, run over here. Run over here. God has a Lexus for you. See how that works? Now, now, let me show you something. One Sunday night, a number of years ago, we were pastoring in another state. And the church had raised $5,000. Y'all not in a hurry, are you? The church had raised $5,000 to send Pastor Reed and me to Hawaii for pastor appreciation. And so we were excited about going. And we had paid the deposit and we were ready to go. And on a Sunday morning, the Lord spoke to me. And uh, we had a ministry in the church that did outreach to the community. And the Lord said, and, and they had been blessed and they needed to bless somebody. And the Lord said, give that $5,000 to that ministry for this outreach. And I said, well, that's for me to go to Hawaii. <laughs> but the Lord didn't have to speak again. He just kind of like, that's right. <laughs> I said, but, but yeah, I'll give it. So at the end of that service, I said, folks, thank you, thank you, thank you for the $5,000 you've given us to go to Hawaii. We appreciate it. You've sacrificed, and we're so thankful, and, and it's such a blessing to us. But uh, the Lord spoke to me and said for me to give that to this ministry that's going to that ministry, so that's what we're going to do. So that, money, that money's gone. So, but we'll still go to Hawaii. We'll, we'll rate, we've got some money, and we'll, we're going to go because you've sacrificed. So don't want you to feel bad. We'll still go. Uh, we'll work it out somehow. If I have to borrow the money, we'll work it out. And uh, so I gave it away, closed the service. And by church time that Sunday night, people had brought money back and said, here's money, here's $20, here's $50, here's $100. And by start, church time to start, I had $990 toward the 5000 to go to Hawaii. And so I was about to close the service that night. And I did something I've never done before or since. We started at 6 o'clock, and at 10 till 6, I was done. We, had, we, were, we were through singing. I was through preaching, and it, it was over. And, and that's never happened before or since, because y'all know I'm Pharaoh. won't let the people go. <laughs> but I was about to dismiss, and a little lady on the second row stood up and said, Pastor, here's $10 to make that an even thousand to get you to Hawaii. I said, well, bless God. Thank you very much. And as soon as she put it in my hand, the Holy Spirit, I looked back on the back and I had been, the Lord had told me to plant a church in Vietnam. And I saw the Vietnam vet sitting on the back row and the Lord said, that thousand dollars is to go towards planting that church in Vietnam. So I got back up and I said, thank you. I've got a thousand dollars. But the Lord says, this $1,000 is going to Vietnam to plant that church in Vietnam, and we need to raise money for that, and this is the first 1000 And so I'm going to give that to the 1000 In a moment, somebody got up and brought some more money and said, this is for Vietnam. And somebody else said, well, this is for Vietnam. And actually, we were going to plant one in Vietnam, Cambodia, and China, three places. And so, long story short, people began to bring money. And before it was over that night... $32,000 had been given. Amen. But that's, that's not even the best part. That was, that was to do missions, to do outreach. I had the 5000 to go to Hawaii. We had the money for planning the churches. 
And there was a little girl that, I say she's a little girl, she's a grown woman, she's probably 30 years old, but she stood up and she came over to Pastor Rita and she said, can I say something? And she said, when I got the letter from the church to, pass, to give away, to give $100 for you to go to Hawaii, she said, I, I really resented that. I got real angry about that I, because I thought, here, here he is, he's got a job, got a family, he's blessed, he's going to Hawaii, and I'm a single mom, and I, don't hardly, I can't hardly make the ends meet, I'm struggling. And she said, I just didn't give any money. She said, but the Lord has whipped me tonight. And she said, here's my $100, and she came over and gave it. And the Lord said, give it back put some with it. I don't even remember how much we put with it that night. I put 500 or 1,000 with it. She walked out how much? She walked out with $2,500 that night to help make the ends meet. I don't even remember. I mean, it was, so, it was, such, it was just one of those ooh God services we used to call them. You, you can't describe it. You can't explain it. It was just, ooh, God. I mean, just, it was sloppy. People were getting filled with the Holy Spirit and slain in the Spirit, and people were giving money away and, and blessing each other. And it, it was just, it was amazing at what God, what God was doing. I said all that to say, anything you can't give away, I don't. I've got a friend in Uganda. She pastors a pretty nice church. The last time I talked with them, and it's been a little while, she had given away 27 automobiles and 10 houses. And she pastors a church in one of the poorest nations in the world where the average annual, annual income is only about $800 a year. How much did you make last month? Oh, you missed that. I said, how much did you make last month? And she's given away 10 or 12 houses, 27 automobiles, and that's probably been two years at least since I talked to her. So I'm sure she's given away more since then. Matter of fact, I remember a couple years ago, the Lord spoke to her, and she gave Pastor Kayanja, my twin brother, a new Hummer. Right. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me move on. Here's your directive. Hold fast to the Lord your God. See, we got where we just, we're loose about our relationship with God. We're loose about it loose about if it feels good we do it we don't feel the conviction anymore we we do what we want to do we say what we want to say we act how we want to act we go where we want to go with no fear of the lord with no fear of who he is the bible says hold fast to the Lord your God. We ought to hold on to him because he is the one 
that has your promise. He is your promise. He's made your promise. He is the one that will keep you. The Bible says, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. But we have to hold fast to him. We can't hold him one day on Sunday and then the rest of the week go over here and do what feels good and do what we want to do. We forgot about holiness. We forgot about righteousness. We forgot about doing what God says is righteous to other people and treating folks right. We just do what we want to do. That time is up. Look at your neighbor and mark it today on this, what, 21st day of May, 2023. Just mark it that I said, that day is over. That time is over. We must hold fast to the Lord. We have a directive from him. So we have a dilemma, right? We have a dilemma. What are we going to do? Joshua 23, verses 12 through 16. He says, if you turn away and align with the enemy, and if you intermarry with the enemy, you will live with snares, traps, and pricks in your eyes. Hmm. So we just, we turn away from the Bible. We, we turn away from what's, what's right. We ordain in pulpits across the country, trans. We let children go to drag shows. Somebody said the other day, there's 71 identities now. Well, I don't know what the other 69 are. But I think somebody lied. I think the devil is a lie. He ain't nothing but a lie. It says, if you turn away and you align with the enemy, you know how you keep from aligning with the enemy? Push back. If you align with the enemy and if you intermarry, see, if you just say, well, God gave me this wife, you better be careful. The Bible says not to be yoked together with what? With unbelievers. With unbelievers, you better be on the same page spiritually with who you marry. Same page spiritually. Is that clear? Same page spiritually. He said, don't be yoked together with an unbeliever. Somebody who, who doesn't go along with what's in this book. They... They're contrary. They live contrary to what this book says. They live contrary to the Ten Commandments. They live contrary to the Word of God. They live contrary to faith. They live contrary to holiness and righteousness. He said, don't get hooked up with them. And I'll go a step further. Not only should you not marry them, but you probably ought to avoid doing business. And being best friends with them. You can witness to them. Yep. You can be an example to them. You can let your light shine. And then. Let the Holy Ghost lead. Because one plants one waters. And God gives the increase. When they make the turn. Disciple them. Love them. Boy y'all are quiet today. That's all right. That's all right. I can walk through a football field full of devils and preach. 
because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I've learned that my promise is that he's going to push them back. All I've got to do is be faithful. All I've got to do is stay in position. All I've got to do is march. All I've got to do is worship. All I've got to do is be faithful to him, and he will do his part. My part is to stay in position. Somebody shout yes. He said, if you turn away and align with the enemy, and if you intermarry with the enemy, you will live with snares, traps, and pricks in your eyes. It'll be like your back is whipped. And there'll be pricks in your eyes. Let me tell you something. God wants to bless you. And he's told Joshua, he said, tell the people to drive the enemy out of the land to push them back. I will push them out. I am the promise. Here is the promise. But he said, go in, possess the land. Our position, our call, our directive is to go in and stand. And if we have to push back, push back. But don't run. Don't quit. Don't Throw in the towel. Don't play dead. Don't put your head in the sand. Don't retreat. Stand. When you don't know anything else to do, having done all, stand. Set your face like a flint. Stiffen your back and stand. I'm talking to somebody today. In the workplace, stand. I saw a little 10 or 12-year-old boy the other day. Wore a T-shirt. Did y'all see that? The school system said, take your shirt off. You can't wear that here. Now he's suing the school system. Good for him. Stand. We need some 12-year-old faith like that to stand. We quit. We, we put our head in the sand. We run. We duck over every little challenge, over every little thing that comes out, every little battle, every little storm. Say, Pastor, you are on the war path today. We are in a war. He said, you will live with snares, traps, and pricks in your eye. You will live that way. Let me tell you, you don't want to live where there is a snare everywhere you go. What is, where there is a, a snare, a trap, waiting for you to fall in, waiting for it to get you by the leg. You don't want to live that way, where everywhere you turn, the enemy is there with a snare, with a trap, waiting to poke you in the eye. You don't want to live that way. And this is what the Bible says. If we don't drive them out, if you turn away and align with the enemy, and if you intermarry with the enemy, you will live this way, poking you in the eye, snap on the back, traps, snares. And then he said, and if you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and you go and serve other gods, and you bow down to them, The Lord's anger will burn against you, and you will quickly perish from the good land he has given you. You say, Pastor, what does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with us? That's where we are, folks. That's where we are. It has everything to do with you. You have a dilemma. You have to decide. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord or I'm going to do my best just to blend in. Maybe they won't bother me. Maybe they won't see me. Here's what most Christians want. Let me just tell you. You know what? Here's what most Christians want. They want to be left alone. Leave me alone. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do anything. Just leave me alone. Why are you people always pushing me? Why do you want me to go? Why do you want to use me? Just leave me alone. That's what most Christians want. That's what most people want. They just want to go through life. And be happy and float a little bit. Go to church every now and then and 
hear good music, and praise the Lord, and then the rest of the week, the rest of the month, because people don't go every week now, only the faithful few. Used to be every morning, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, training hour, Bible study, choir rehearsal. I know some of y'all feel like y'all doing that right now, but <laughs> in most places, that ain't happening. They go on Sunday, then maybe three or four or five or maybe six weeks later, they'll go again. And then they'll wait a few weeks. Oh, it's boat season, so they're out for the summer. And then they'll be back in the fall. And then it gets cold, so they stay in for the winter. And then when spring comes, they come out a few times. They only go six or eight times a year, just, you know, special occasions. Christmas and Easter, it's not too cold if it doesn't fall on Sunday. He said, if you violate the covenant of the Lord, which he commanded, and you go and serve other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you. And you will quickly perish from the good land he has given. You don't want his anger to burn against you. You have a dilemma, so you have to decide what are you going to do. Here's the good news. You have authority. God has given you authority. He's given you authority to make a decision. He's given you authority to stand. He's given you authority to push back. Somebody shout push back. Luke 10, 19. I have given you authority that you now possess. Look at your neighbor and say, you have it. You have authority. We have dominion authority. He started in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. He gave us authority. Luke 10, he says, I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on the serpents and the scorpions. Scorpions. He said, and the ability to exercise authority, use your authority, manifest your authority over, watch this, over all the power of the enemy. Over all the power of the enemy. Unless you were, you, you were scared earlier. You were worried earlier. You are saying, oh, I can't do this. How can I? He said, I'm giving you authority over all the power over, of the enemy. Over Satan himself. And nothing will in any way harm you. You have authority. You have power. You have victory. Push back. Push back. Push back. Push back. Push back. Because God is using you to drive the enemy back. You know, I believe the rapture could take place today. It could take place at any time. It could take place today, tomorrow, any time. But there are still a lot of people on their way to hell. I believe the only way to delay His coming for more people to be saved is for us, the people of God, to pray and to push the enemy back. If we push him back and keep the enemy at bay, people will get saved. He's promised a last day revival. It's going to happen. We're going to see a last day revival. Amen? But we have to push back. I heard what somebody said. You just quoted that scripture. But he said, even so come, Lord Jesus. Yep. And he's coming in an hour that you think not, sooner than you think. It could be today. But I still know some folks that are lost. I still know some folks that need to get saved. We need to get them saved. So you have a decision to make. What in your life is non-negotiable? What's more important to you than your relationship with him? What's more important than the directives that he's given, the commands that he's given for us to push back? Jeremiah 1 verse 8 says this, Do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to 
deliver you. Now, I need to remind you, the Bible says that our battle, our war, is not against flesh and blood. But against powers and principalities. But there have been some times that I have been face to face with some people that were on his side, the devil's side. And they try to intimidate you. They try to cause you to be afraid. There's some evil people in the world. And do not be deceived. The devil will use them just like God uses righteous people. But Jeremiah 1.8 says, don't be afraid of their faces. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what somebody says to you. And I'm, I'm trying to prepare you for what's coming, folks. I don't care what somebody says. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what their face looks like. Don't be afraid of their faces because God says, I am with you to deliver you. And after all, your battle is not with them. It's not with flesh and blood. It's not with people. It's against principalities and powers. Let me translate for you. Demons. Our battle is against demonic forces in the spirit realm, principalities and powers. And did you know that there is a demon over Chattanooga? There are demons and principalities and forces over every city, every region, every state in this country and around the world. Military ranks of demonic strongholds. God placed us here 20 years ago as a gatekeeper church to do one thing, push back, push back, push back, push back, push back. And I've been pushing here for 20 years. When we came here to this city, there was no multiracial congregation like this. There, were, there was nothing like this. And we began to push back. We begin to declare and decree. We begin to build a congregation that looked like heaven is going to look. And now there are several congregations throughout this region that look like us because we came to push back. And we are still pushing back. I wish I had time, I, I wish I had time to tell you when the enemy comes against you physically, you need to stay, say, by his stripes I am healed and push back, push back, push back, push back, push back. Don't let the devil intimidate you. Don't let the report of the doctors intimidate you. Don't work. Don't let how you feel physically intimidate you. Push back. Push back. By his stripes, you are healed. You've got to push back. Push back. Push back. When the enemy tries to steal your finances, when he tries to take everything that you've worked hard for, when you find yourself in a tough situation, you've got to push back. They already told us today. I've already told you. How do you get through that? You sow, you sow, you give, you tithe. You sow, you give, you tithe. You sow, you give, you tithe. That's pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. When you feel like you are overwhelmed by the enemy, when you have nobody on your side, when you don't know what to do, what do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You get on your knees and you begin to praise the Lord, bless the Lord. I worship the Lord. I'm pushing back with my praise. I'm pushing back with my prayer. I'm pushing back with my thanksgiving. I'm pushing back, push back, push back, push back, push back. You've got to spend time talking to him, worshiping him, praising him. 
Push back, push back, push back. When the enemy tries to steal your babies, when you seemingly no longer have a voice in their ears and they're not listening to you, go into their room. Get one of our prayer cloths. We'll anoint it with you. We'll pour oil on it. Go put it in their bed, between their sheets, between their mattress and box springs. Put it underneath the seat of their car. You're pushing back. You're pushing back. You're pushing back. Your spouse is not where they ought to be. Put one underneath their, underneath their seat of their car. Put it in the pillowcase. Push back, push back, push back. Yeah. Isaiah 50 verse 7 says it like this. For the Lord God will help me. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Is it in your spirit? Is it in your spiritual DNA that no matter what I face, the Lord God will help me? If he will, then it says, therefore, I will not be disgraced. Hold your head up. Stiffen your spine. Straighten your posture. Stand up straight. He said, therefore, I have set my face like a flint. The word flint there means stone, like a rock. I have set my face. No matter what comes. Though an enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I will set my face like a rock like a flint, like a stone. And I know that I will not be ashamed because God is on my side. And if God before me, who can be against me? Get on your feet and praise him. Get on your feet and bless him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Your battle, your battle is won in the spirit realm before it ever manifests in the natural. Oh, you need to get that in your spirit. Your battle is won in the spirit realm before you ever see one giant, one mountain, one storm, one challenge in the natural. The victory is ours. It is a result of knowing how to push back, push back, push back, Push back. I want to give you one more scripture. Open your spirit. Get this scripture. James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Say that with me. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Look at your neighbor and say, submit to God. The next part says, resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil. Look at your neighbor and just tell him, do, do this with your finger. Just say, resist the devil. Just tell him, resist, resist the devil. And the last part of that verse says, James 4, 7, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil. Watch this. And the devil, he will flee. Push back, push back, push back. Push back. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. There's another one in Ephesians. It says, give no place to the devil. This is one of the reasons some of us have problems that we just keep opening the doors. Oh, is it you? Come on in. 
that will get you in big trouble. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee.